Our second scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, and it is a familiar story. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and honor him. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. May God bless our understanding of this sacred story. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's been a decade now, but I remember it as clearly as if it happened yesterday. We were finally getting the hang of getting out of the house with a baby in tow. So we decided to visit one of our favorite spots, Amoeba Records, an enormous independent music store in Hollywood, California. Now, I'm pretty sure my parents are happy that we're back in the Midwest, but I don't think they've actually ever fully forgiven us for taking away their opportunity for an annual pilgrimage to the record store. My dad was like a kid in a candy store when he entered the jazz section. But you don't see a lot of actual kids at Amoeba Records. It isn't easy to sort through thousands of used folk CDs while pushing a stroller. But that day, we brought baby Juliet along. And we did perhaps receive a few dirty looks from hipsters who had to squeeze past us on their way to the punk section. By the time we brought our purchases up to the front of the store, I was beginning to wonder if bringing the baby had been such a good idea after all. But then, the cashier 
went nuts over Juliet. At first, he just made a funny face at her and told me how much he loves kids. But then, it was like he couldn't contain his genuine excitement. Mind you, this was like a very cool guy, but all his cool fell away in the presence of my adorable baby. He started gushing about how amazing babies are, how wild and astonishing, yet normal and natural it is for them to spend the first nine months of their lives inside of their mothers. And then he shared that when his best friend had a baby the year before, he would hold the child for hours at a time in complete wonderment at the extraordinary miracle in his arms. He was truly overwhelmed with joy in the face of new life. As we turned to leave, our new CDs paid for, he told us to wait a minute. He raced over to the bin where they kept the Amoeba Records t-shirts and fished out the smallest one he could find. He tossed it into our bag and insisted that it was a gift for our daughter. It's a shirt that both girls now have worn for years. It was when he presented the gift that I realized this indie music store employee was embodying the story of Epiphany. Now I'm not saying he's one of the magi, and I'm certainly not saying that my kid was the newborn messiah. There's no one-to-one -one correlation. He didn't journey to us by way of a star, and the gift of a purple and neon green t-shirt, quite the color combination, isn't exactly akin to frankincense, gold, and myrrh. The thing about that encounter with the record store clerk that most reminded me of Epiphany was simple, his overwhelming joy. Now some translations of the Bible interpret that part of the story pretty mildly, recalling that the wise men were overjoyed when they saw the star. This is one of those occasions where the rich and layered language of the King James Version does better justice to the narrative. In that older translation, the three kings of the Orient rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Rejoiced with exceeding great joy. One of my biblical commentaries notes that this description bends over backward with expression. The New Revised Standard Version also kind of subdues the hyperbole, simply saying that they were overwhelmed with joy. But that, even that, sounds like an understatement. Something amazing happened to the wise men. They had a moment of revelation, a transcendent experience of the divine and their joy could not be contained. Another scholar notes they had lost the composure and reserve of scholars and sages, giving way to an ecstasy of adoration, an 
ecstasy of adoration. Now, this is a painfully obvious observation, so my apologies, but still, everybody gets bored. Everybody was a baby once. And on Christmas, the commonplace miracle of new life collides with the rarest and least common of all miracles. God becomes human. The circle of once newborns expands to include the creator of the moon and stars. God chooses to enfold God's divinity into flesh and bone. Like every child, God now has a gender, a name, parents, ancestors. In the case of the incarnation, God becomes Jesus of Nazareth, son of Mary and Joseph, a descendant of the house of David. And in the case of the Epiphany, it becomes clear that God didn't become a man only for other men, or other Nazarenes, or other Israelites, or only for those of his generation. God became human for all people, in all times, in all places. And just as all people are born, all people are invited to be born anew in the spirit of Christ. Epiphany celebrates that incarnation, that incredible gift is for everyone. The star shines for all humankind. The light is bright enough to illuminate the way for the whole world. This is more than enough reason to be overjoyed, to be overwhelmed by joy, to rejoice with exceeding great joy. Considering how delighted we are when a new baby joins our church family, how silly some of us get when we're in the presence of even a stranger's child. How could we possibly respond to the birth of God with anything other than our whole selves? Now, it's easy to tell ourselves that those wise men are very different from us. They are literally foreigners in the story. Wise men from the East, maybe Persia. Yet in many ways, we are closer to those magi than we are to the Holy Family. Most of us are Gentiles, outsiders. Most of us are not descendants of Israel, not children of Abraham and Sarah. Most of us are descended from Gentile converts to Christianity. And those three wise men mark the first Gentile converts to the way of Christ. They are our spiritual forebears, as much as any of those heroes and villains of the Old Testament. They are brave and bold and perhaps even a little foolish, and yet they see and they follow and they respond with joy. 
They go a long way, guided by nothing more than a star, the astrological equivalent of a wing and a prayer. The poet W.H. Auden, in his 50-page poem about Christmas, imagines the wise men as especially vivid characters. He has them say, at least we know for certain that we are three old sinners, that this journey is much too long and we want our dinners and miss our wives, our books, our dogs, but have only the vaguest idea why we are what we are. To discover how to be human is the reason we follow this star. To discover how to be human is the reason to follow the star. Another poet, William Carlos Williams, writes his answer to the quest of the three old sinners. In his epiphany poem about the Magi, Williams proclaims, all men, by their nature, give praise. It is all they can do. The journey that begins in darkness and danger and mystery ends in brilliant, resounding praise. The wise men end up on their knees, kneeling in that joyous awe in the presence of new life. If we want to discover how to be human, we must follow the star that brings us to the manger in Bethlehem. And if, in fact, it is true that all worship, all praise, then we must be mindful and practice very good discernment about what it is we choose to direct our praise, to direct our worship, to direct our adoration. To be fully human, to praise what matters, to praise what is worthy of our praise. We must be willing to be pilgrims, pilgrims of faith, choosing joy over comfort and pride, choosing the journey over dinner. We must be generous with our gifts and our worship. We must be capable of losing our cool ditching our cynicism, opening ourselves to the miracles God lends this beloved creation. Miracles from stars to newborns. We must be ready to see Christ, not only as the adorable baby in a manger, but in the face of every sister, every brother, every stranger, every sinner. May the glory of the Lord that rises upon us in this Epiphany Sunday open our eyes to the simple miracles of new life and love. And may we share in the exceedingly great joy of the wise ones, now and always. Amen.